Alright, Brewer friends, welcome to another episode of the Beer District Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and I'm joined with co-host Josh Waldock. I do some writing for Wisconsin Sports Heroics, and we are contributors at Reviewing the Brew. We are recording this the day after the World Series. Uh, so congratulations to Atlanta Braves and old friend Orlando Arcia for getting their rings. Uh, but it was a weird, you know, first day after the World Series. Buster Posey announces his retirement. You got JBJ saying he's staying in. The Brewers made a signing. So, man, what a what a good way to start off the offseason. Yeah, I mean, obviously it sucks that World Series, another World Series ended. Brewers didn't get to hoist the trophy. Makes it now six times that um, the eventual World Series champion has beaten the Brewers in the postseason. So it's... Six for eight, not bad. You know, the road to the pennant runs through Milwaukee. But, yeah, I mean, today kind of had a little bit of everything, you know. Um, a legendary, or, I mean, a legendary catcher's retiring at 34, which is surprising to me. Um, Brewers have another out, like, have kind of their outfield set now. And, yeah, Stearns wait, wasted about, waited about 12 hours to light up the hot stove. It's been an eventful 24 hours, and I'm praying that the rest of the offseason at least has something similar to this because I'm not looking forward to those long December stretches where the only things we have are John Heyman repeating anything Boris tells him to do on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good way to sum up Heyman's tweets. But... I'm really just hoping the soft season doesn't lead to lots of talks about, obviously there's going to be talks about the CBA, but man, I, I hate talking about those things and hopefully they can come to some peaceful resolution. Cause that's what I'm dreading the most about the soft season is just the worrisome thought of, is there going to be baseball? Are they going to freeze all operations? Like that just gives me anxiety thinking about it. Yeah. It's a big dark cloud. That's kind of looming over just everything. And, I mean, I think that it will get resolved, but I feel like it's going to be very difficult to have teams doing things at all. If, like, I don't think they're going to be teams making free agent signings. I don't think they're going to be teams making trades until there's a CBA in agreement because you want to know if you're getting a guy in a, who's in his arbitration years, if you'll have him for two years, for four years. I mean, the new system is going to be radically different. I mean, has potential to be radically different. So teams may just hold off until that passes. I mean, they have till December 1st before a it expires. Hopefully they'll be able to get something resolved by then. If not, hopefully before the before we calendar turns 2022, something will be um, in order. Yeah, I mean, I guess the flip side of that is too, like maybe teams – want to sign before the CBA <laughs> expires that that's another way to look at it before you know any shutdown or you know who knows what could happen um, but you know it'd be good for teams to know if there's going to be a DH next year or not or anything like that or at least the National League teams anyway so yeah it definitely has big implications um, and we know you know what brewers are going to be free agents there's what a list of I think it's nine of them um yeah nine Eight of them Eight, eight um, could be nine with Avi, and obviously the non-tender candidates, which we can cover a different time. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, but 
the Brewers' core remains intact, which is good. Yeah, most certainly. And sticking with that core, as I kind of hinted at earlier, was JBJ, who obviously picked up his player option. So he's going to be coming back. And I'm going to assume you're not surprised by that one bit. No, I mean, that was, you know, kind of the easiest decision, especially. I mean, there's kind of keep things that keep coming out based on um, his contract. Because it's, a, I mean, we talked about it a couple times ago, but it was very creative accounting. So basically, if he was, if he opted into this year's $9.5 million option, the Brewers would have to pay $8 million in the mutual team buyout for 2023 season. So it was really a $17.5 million decision that JBJ made. I mean, he obviously was good defensively this year, but hopefully his offense can turn around to, you know, I'm not expecting him to be a, like just a world beater on offense, but I'm hoping we can get to a respectable offensive production level to match his, his contract. Yeah. I'm going with a theory of it's going to be like similar. What happened with Avi, like obviously Garcia in his first year, terrible. Everyone wanted him traded, wanted him gone, then comes out and has a career season. So maybe it's bound to happen with JBJ. Too. 30 homers from JBJ coming up. <laughs> yeah. That left-handed bat, 81 <sighs> games in Miller or an American family field. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I know we kind of did a little, we're going to talk a little bit about trades kind of at the end of this podcast here, but I was trying to think like, you know, everyone wants JBJ to be traded, but like, I think the hardest part is like, who on earth would be a trade partner with him? So like, I tried to do some digging around and figure out who that would be. And weirdly enough, our World Series champion Atlanta Braves could be a candidate. Their entire outfield that they retooled in Rosario, Duvall, Peterson, Soler, could be free agents for this offseason. So they might have to rebuild that all anyway. And uh, why not say, hey, take JBJ off our hands? Yeah, I mean, obviously Acuna is going to have that spot locked down for however long the insane contract that the Braves somehow got him to sign is. I think Leavitz has seven, eight more years. It's a very team-friendly deal that really works in their favor. But, yeah, I mean... It's crazy. They went and they got an entirely new outfield at the trade deadline, and now it's all going to be gone. I mean, Rosario, you said free agent. I believe Peterson has is either free agent or has an option. Yeah, Peterson and Duvall have mutual options. And, I mean, obviously teams are a little smarter than just, you know, recency bias and what you last see, but it's tough to argue that. I mean, I think it's easy if Jock... If Jocktober wanted to opt out, he could probably get a better, at least a longer-term deal than what he currently has with the one year. Yeah, as long as he... I, I'm not a fan of Jock Peterson. I don't, I don't mind the swag and the pearls, but I, as, I don't know. I don't really want him on my team. <laughs> so. Yeah, but there are 29 other teams who might, so... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess otherwise, like, that was one team that came to mind for JBJ... Everyone seems to think like, uh, you know, like send him to a team that's like sucks for a better world or has a really bad losing record, isn't going to be a contender and, you know, maybe just has prospects who are a couple years away. Um, so everyone's like, I'll oh, just send him to the Orioles. They're pretty bad. But the O's, they actually have a decent outfield. Uh, a lot of their guys 
performed pretty well. Austin had 22 homers, 71 RBIs. Cedric Mullins was a 30 home run player. Anthony Santender, 50 RBIs, 19 homers. The Tigers don't really need an outfielder. They need a new shortstop in pitching. So I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can find anyone. And I, I, I don't know. Do you hope that they do, or are you just you know going to accept the fact that he's going to be back next year? I mean, I definitely don't. I mean, the way Stearns operates, the way the front office has operated for the entirety of Stearns being in Milwaukee has been that they are, like, maybe not actively seeking out to trade players, but they'll listen to anyone. And so I'm sure, you know, if a team like, man, the Mets or someone were to reach out and say, hey, um, let's talk about JBJ, I'm sure that there would be there'd be interest. I don't know if the, I don't think the brewers are going to be kind of taking out ads in local papers saying, Hey, we have a center fielder. We're looking to trade, please like make an Austin offer. I don't think that that's going to happen. And I think he can have a nice rebound year. I mean, like you said, there's something about the first year in Milwaukee where players not named Christian Yelich as of recently have struggled. So, um, Hopefully a bounce back. I mean, he had the eighth lowest OPS plus of all time with a minimum of 400 plate appearances with, uh, I mean, a 34. So 66% below league average for his OPS. I mean, I'm hopeful he'll uh, he'll have bounce back to at least a, a solid, like a place where it's not an automatic out when he comes up. Yeah, maybe if uh, Tim Hires comes over from the Red Sox as our hitting coach, there's a connection there between JBJ and him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Um, hearing that, or I saw, not hearing, I don't have sources. If you want to be a source, my DMs are open. Like, please, <laughs> I'll leak anything. I'll, you know, I'll be your mouthpiece. If you want to bash Stearns or, you know, bash anything in the, the club and you work in the club, please. I'll be your source, but I saw someone on Twitter saying that the belief is that he's looking at going to cop back to like to the college coaching levels. But Milwaukee does have two D one schools, so it is kind of a college town. So, <laughs> uh, way to throw that in there. You know, maybe you should DM that to hires. Let him know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> UWM Marquette. There. UWM does have a baseball team. And they advertise. I mean, they advertise with the Brewers, so you know it's kind of, kind of the same thing as a college. <laughs> oh, that's true. And UWM, I think, is they're plastered all over American Family Field. I think, uh, or at least they used to be. I guess I can't I think remember. They, if they, they still are. They. Ha- I know that they. I know last season they sponsored like a. They had some like in-game sponsorship that they would like one of the in-game one of the in-between inning games was sponsored by them yeah so yeah we'll see what ends up ends up happening there yes otherwise yeah like i said obviously garcia has a mutual option so he's got you know as we're recording this four more days to you know at least make a decision on what he wants to do there uh what do you think is going to happen i mean i think he I mean, it's a $12 million team option. I He's going into, I mean, he's 30 right now, going into 31. Um, I really think he could 
do better. I mean, I think he's going to opt out. I think he could do better than a one-year $12 million deal, and I think that's just kind of the calculus that is going to go into making that decision. I mean, you know, I, I think I personally think he'll get somewhere in the 4 for 50 range if he were to test the open market. So about the same AAV, but just a little more uh, contract guarantee, especially going into, I mean, because this is kind of his one shot at getting kind of the big free agent contract. Yeah, probably his last chance, really, you know, coming off a career year. That that couldn't have came at a better time. So if I was him, I'd be thinking along the same lines as you, and that's what I would be doing as well. Um, I guess yeah, some other guys, I'll just run through everyone who's eligible to be a free agent here. Uh, Brett Anderson, John Axford, <laughs> Boxberger, Eduardo Escobar, Daniel Norris, Manny Pena, Colin Ray, and Hunter Strickland. Uh, any thoughts or predictions with any of those guys at all? I mean, I think Anderson's kind of made his seems like he made his piece as to um you know, if it you know, if the Brewers are looking for a veteran leader who can give them probably a hundred or so innings, I think he could be a solid bring back guy. Axford, I believe, is done. That I mean that UCL tear I think is just a career ender. Boxbreaker would definitely be interesting. Like I definitely wouldn't mind seeing him or Strickland brought back for that matter. I think those are two good guys to have in the bullpen. Escobar, I mean, you can always use a multi-positional switch hitter. And Manny Pena, the catching situation is going to be very interesting. Um, Narvaez is a, has one year left of arbitration, so next, like he's a free agent after the after the 2022 season. So it'll be interesting to see what the Brewers do with Mario Feliciano down in AAA, who has. He struggled last year. I mean, he was, of course, came up as the pinch runner who scored the winning run on uh, that crazy game against the Dodgers back in May. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, you know, if they want to have him come up as a rookie and back up or if they want to bring Pena back. I think Pena's a great clubhouse guy, a guy that I think everyone seemed to love and respect in Milwaukee. So he's definitely a guy I think the Brewers should look at bringing back if they, if they're not confident with Feliciano as a backup catcher. Yeah, I think for me, I'd like to see Feliciano kind of slide up into that third catcher role. Luke mm-hmm. Maley's out of options. I think he's a good non-tender candidate, which, you know, not the point of today, but I think that's where he could end up. Um, so like Feliciano, he has options. That'd be a great person to shuttle back and forth when needed. I, I'd be a great, I'd love for Manny Pena to come back uh, for all the reasons, like you said, Eduardo Escobar, I think, gets a lot of attention, too. Like, he obviously had that hamstring injury when he joined the Brewers. Maybe didn't put up quite the numbers everyone was expecting, like, when we got a power bat. And then, you know, of course, Luis Urias played over him a couple times, starting at third base in the postseason, which kind of didn't add to things as well. Uh, But as a switch hitter, like, that's a nice thing to have throughout the rest of, or throughout an entire 162-game year, especially if he could play first base. So, that also kind of depends, like, what are the Brewers going to do at first base? Would they commit to Escobar there, or are they going to stick with Telez? Or I think that's going to have a big factor on if they pursue bringing him back or not. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of decisions to make regarding roster building. I mean, Vogelback and Telez, we'll talk about them at a later point with them both being non-tender or tender guys. But 
I agree that kind of the multi-positional versatility and how willing Escobar would be to do that is going to be another factor. I mean, I know Jet with Jack Stern, who we had on last week, great episode, listen to it if you haven't, but, uh, I mean, he's pointed out, I think he kind of, that Urias had a kind of a comp, I mean, a better or just as good as, if not better, season than Escobar when looking at, you know, WRC+. plus looking at OPS very similar. So they kind of profiled almost in a very similar manner. So that's another thing. I mean, why that the Brewers may consider like why pay Escobar, you know, 10 million or whatever he would get in the free agent market when you could have Urias whose first year of ARB is a super two player. So it's kind of one of those balancing acts that they have to decide with roster construction and, and where they want to allocate the money. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And I mean, if you shift over to Boxberger, kind of becomes a similar deal. Like he had a career year this year, uh, pitched, I think, a career high in innings. So mm-hmm. he's likely to, you know, get a raise in free agent market should he, you know, since he's going to be a testing that, uh, you know, are the Brewers going to be willing to pay a little bit? You know, he's obviously not going to get top notch money, uh, but it's going to be an increase from what the veteran or the league minimum or whatever he was on this year. So that's, you know, one thing with Boxberger, I don't think he's going to be back just because he's going to say, yeah, I think I earned a, you know, $4 million season or whatever it is. And I don't blame him for that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely deserves a chance to pitch on a team that has a need for, you know, late inning relieving. But also, I mean, that's kind of been the way the Brewers operate. They bring in guys that, you know, whether it's minor league or very low cost contracts and they have breakout years or kind of a, maybe not a breakout in Boxberger's case, but a well you know, kind of a a career a year that you know no one expected. They out they kind of blow through expectations and then they rinse and repeat. And you know, you look at who the Brewers just signed today. I mean, another reliever pitch, another reliever, another depth ad who could very well bring. I mean, serve a similar role. Yeah, you read my mind. I was going to talk about that as well. And, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, Jack, who we were just talking about earlier, had a real nice article a few weeks ago about uh, Trevor Gott and kind of you know how he's changed the pitcher over the years. So I guess he used to be a heavy sinker baller, and now since 2019-ish time frame, he switched to more of a four-seam guy, elevating the fastball, um, generating a lot more whiffs off of that, just still... And the secondary pitch is a curveball, but just can't hit, quite get the location down with that breaking stuff. Does throw a slider occasionally as well, too. Um, but, you know, the advanced stats, like his expected ERA and FIP and all that, look pretty good. Uh, a lot better than what he has been throughout his career. You think he had like a 4-4 ERA in AAA with the Giants last year. He's pitched 140 major league innings and has just over a 5 ERA, so like, on paper, doesn't really look that great, but Stearns and his scouting department saw something, and like you were talking about, they always seem to find a player and turn him into something great, and Trevor Gott's a good low-risk, high-reward signing who could turn out to be just that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there's no I mean, no guarantee on it. It's a very but low pickup, but the Brewers have shown that they're capable of helping 
pitchers to bring out the best in them, whether it's a repertoire change, whether it's a change in approach. I mean, something about the pitching lab, something about just the developmental staff the Brewers have is really good at bringing out the best in the pitchers. Yeah, so hopefully forgot that turns out to be the case because he's out of minor league options and mm-hmm. it's a labor labeled as a major league deal. So for what I gathered from that, he's right now Garrett, he's on the 40 man roster, um, but he could, you know, his pay depends on if he makes the major league roster or if he doesn't, uh, it's something like that. So essentially he's going to have to earn his spot in spring training is what I took away from it. So yeah. They're a little um, different. I mean, they're a little uh, like the contracts I saw was like a two-way or like a split contract. It's the details are a little unclear right now. I'm sure that'll come out at a later date. But regardless, he's going to be in the Brewer system and competing for a chance at, to make the bullpen. Yep, yeah, I'm sure it'll be one of many signings in the bullpen that'll happen this offseason because that's just what we do. So let's switch here to some trades that we want to see. Uh, you know, they might be <laughs> far-fetched, but somewhat plausible, you know, if you think about it. So we both came up with some on our own, and we haven't disclosed what they are to each other yet, so we'll be flying solo here on those. Um, I guess before, and hopefully you didn't pick any of these players in your trades, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts were are on the potential of some of the Oakland A's guys being available. As Bob Melvin left the Oakland A's to go coach the Padres or manage the Padres, and there was a whole bunch of speculation last week that, hey, you know, maybe the A's will look to sell off some of their higher arbitration guys. So both Matts, Chapman and Olsen, <laughs> are going to be up there in arbitration Uh, In terms of projections, they have two years left, um, but Matt Chapman projected 9.5. Matt Olson projected 12 million this year. Have you thought about any way or any plausible way to bring any of those guys over, or what were your thoughts there? Um, yeah, I, you know, I think the Brewers, obviously, every team with their, I mean, every team who has any intention of being remotely competitive is going to be looking for an indication from the A's that they are in fact looking to move on from their key, from kind of their core players. I mean, obviously Marcus Simeon, they let walk last year and he had a, I mean, arguably the best offensive season of a second baseman in his baseball history. So I've definitely thought of, I mean, you know, who, I mean, you'd be I'd be lying if I said I hadn't been dreaming of the thought, like of seeing Matt Olson with his 50 homer pow- potential in a left-handed favor. Well, just an, first of all, an actual ballpark, but second of all, one that favors lefties. Like, come on. And Chapman also, I think, would be a great pickup. I think the need is a little less, but anytime you can bring up probably the best defensive third baseman. Or one of the, you know, arguably the best in baseball. You have to, you have to entertain it. Yeah, entertaining has been what I'm doing. And (laughs) geez, I mean, look at uh, Olson from this year: 39 homers, 111 RBIs, 911, 911 OPS, 153 OPS plus. Like, it's gonna take a large haul to get a guy like that, especially with a couple of years of club control left, and then you have to figure out 
uh, salary in there as well. Um, I think the weirdest thing that I saw was I saw a whole bunch of people going, well, you know, just if we get rid of JBJ in that trade and throw some prospects in there, we can offset the salary and, and it will be good. And I'm just like, why Why would the A's want JBJ? <laughs> yeah, if you I, think I can't the A's are, are going to participate in a salary dump, you don't know anything about the A's. So, I mean, did you have? I mean, did you happen to make a look at a not not implausible trade to bring Olsen or Chapman over? <laughs> they weren't the trade that I had planned for. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they were for you, but oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think. You know, what are the usually with a trade you gotta you're just gonna have to give up someone in the major leagues, I would think, in this trade. I don't know if a deal of prospects are gonna get it done unless the days are really looking to full rebuild and, and mm-hmm. get some players. Or you're you gonna have to look for guys who are in, you know, the advanced levels or showing the potential to rise up quickly. Right. I guess off the top of your head, do you do you know what the biggest need is for the Oakland A's at all? Um like are they pursuing some starting pitching bullpen? Um I, off the top of my head, I do not know if I know. I mean, the way Oakland, I mean, obviously they have the corners kind of tapped down, but after that it's kind of a open book. I mean, they're not really particularly strong on anything, but also not particularly deficient on anything either, if that makes sense. Like, they're just kind of, they have their core and they kind of will bring in guys as needed. Yeah. Right, that's true. That's just the way the A's <laughs> operate. Jeez, uh, I don't know. I it's a tough situation. Like if I was the an A's fan, I'd be like, I want to hold on to these two. There's no way <laughs> I want to get rid of them. Uh, so I don't know. I didn't. I didn't come up with a good trade scenario for them because I just I can't foresee the Brewers actually pulling through with it uh, or being able to swing it. So that, that's kind of where I stopped. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, just kind of was spitballing. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's take a look. And so here's, you know, right. again, this is not, I'm not saying this is going to happen. It's not a, project, a prediction. This is nothing like I'm going to call this a not, not implausible trade. So the double negatives make it an implausible trade. So the Brewers get Matt Olson. Okay. Athletics get Keston Hira, Bryce Turang, Sal Freelick, and Alex Benellis. So, you know, kind of a prospect-heavy haul, I will say. I mean, obviously giving up your first and your fourth round pick or third round from the most recent draft, not necessarily the best thing. Bryce Turang is, you know, looks like a solid player, and Keston Hira is kind of an open book with what, he could you know turn into but it's kind of a you know i'm not saying i would make the trade personally if i was in either of those teams positions but you know if you go on the mlb or the baseball trade values.com because i plugged it in just to see um total value going to the brewers 45 total value going to the a's would be 42 so you know it Kind of fair, a little skewed towards the Brewers, but, you know, again, I'm not saying that that trade is going to happen. I'm not saying I would make that trade, but a guy can dream. (laughs) 
that's actually, a, I think, a pretty good way to put it. I mean, you're giving away three, what, former first-round picks, and then Vanillas, <laughs> like you said, at, in the fourth round from this year. That That's not a bad proposal, I don't think. Not implausible at all. Um, well, I'm not wonder... going for not implausible. I'm going for not not implausible. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. So let, let's just swap out Alex Benillis, put in JBJ, and then we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, salaries will work its way out. Oakland will be totally fine paying. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure they will be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Here is an interesting, like, trade chip this offseason, though. I don't know. Like, I feel like his value's at an all-time low, but, like, other teams also know, like, what he could be at the same time. So it's like, where do you find that balance? So, like, you know, essentially here in the trade proposal you got, Hira is, like, that major league-ready prospect. Yeah. That, that top, I don't want to say top prospect, but most MLB-ready um, offered in your package here. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, with Hira, he, like you said, he is kind of a wild card. I mean, we know that he has potential. I mean, you look at his 2019, he was, I mean, com- he almost he almost had a 40 home run season between the two levels he played at. Like, he's a, uh, and the man, I mean, the man can hit. And, but obviously, you know, he struggled last season, last or in 2020, I guess. 2020 was the COVID year. It was 60-game sample. It never really made sense. But 2021, obviously, he had off-the-field concerns with his mom. And it sounds like she is, um, you know, in a position where it's looking better. So, but yeah, he's kind of the wild card. And so that's why, you know, when I was making this proposal, I was like, oh, let's throw on a couple tech on, like, tack on terang to it yeah that's fair i didn't realize elvin andrews was the the a's shortstop right now i don't know who they got in the minor league system but you know if the the a's would view terang as the shortstop of the future or something like that that could certainly help sway that as well yeah i mean obviously again like i'm just going to repeat this so you know there aren't people like going on about how implausible the trade is like that's kind of the point it's not supposed to be like uh Josh projects it's a uh, man. <laughs> Josh is having fun making potential trades. Like, you know, I guarantee you, you put this in the show. Oh, dang! I should have done that. I should have, I should have proposed them in the show and seen what happened. To that should have been that would have been the true test of if it was a good proposal or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to do that and let us know. We're all down. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm just looking at the the Oakland A's top 30 prospects. They got Nick Allen, who's a shortstop, who's in Triple A. He's projected to come up, make his major league. Or ETA says this year. I don't know if he's actually made this his debut. This year is in 21, or that's what it says. 2021. They got a third baseman. That's their seventh ranked prospect. But yeah, it looks like this Nick Allen is probably the most likely to come up. So I don't know if that. I don't want to say devalues Terang at all, but uh, they have. It looks like they have someone who could potentially come up fairly quickly here. Um, we hit 302 in AAA this year in 39 games. Yeah, so that, and it does look like he ranks. I mean, using MLB's scouting grades, I believe Terang's a 45 overall potential, and Allen is a 50 overall, but. Hmm. Obviously, prospects are kind of a little bit of a unknown. And then, of course, they do have Robert Pawson, 
sitting back in their minors who was kind of one of the hottest prospects in baseball last year. Yeah, certainly was. I misspoke. A 302 on base percentage, not batting average. Batted 243. So <laughs> that's an interesting one. I was wondering if you were going to use any of the Oakland A's guys, and I sounds like I hit it right on the head. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. I was kind of – I mean, I have a couple others. So just in case, you know, you, you had that. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. it was too good of an opportunity to pass up on. That's true. And Olsen is the one I would, you know – prefer i guess we'll say in quotations out of uh chapman and olsen that, that'd be my preference and um, if we if i could pick anyone that's who i would want so mm-hmm. um all right I'll, I'll hit you with the trade here so i went with our good friends the seattle mariners because why not we love to make trades with them <laughs> <laughs> so i have the brewers giving up three players in exchange for one so i have the mariners giving up mitch hanger and uh, the Brewers giving up Adrian Hauser, Victor Casta, uh, Casti- oh gosh, I butchered that, Castilla, the 30th ranked prospect. And then I uh, just kind of threw Josh Lindblom in there at the moment. So uh, for Hanger, you know, kind of how I chose this was he is in the last year of his deal, essentially, and the, the Mariners are loaded with outfield talent. So they have plenty of guys to replace him coming up. He's projected to make $8.5 million this year, coming off a great season, uh, age 30, had 122 OPS+, plus, 39 home runs, 100 RBIs. Uh, so as, I wouldn't say he's going to be a rental, but he definitely would be, he could be a rental. He's going to be a huge upgrade offensively for the Brewers, especially in the power department, um, which is certainly a, a spot where we needed help. Almost had 40, 39 homers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Hanniger, actually former first-round pick from the Brewers, was traded uh, back in 2014 for Geraldo Parra. So that's kind of a you know, trade that, all things considered, especially given how the 2014 year went off, Brewers may have been better off without him. I mean, with without making that trade. And actually, in kind of a, uh, t- I mean, intertwined fate thing, I mean, he was traded with or by to Seattle um, with Gene Segura again, another former Brewer. Um, I, I mean, in theory, I like that trade. I mean, you know, obviously Hauser would be a loss to the rotation, but you know, you have Ashby, you have Small, who are both look ready to step in, and then obviously there's the out. I mean, there's always the outside acquisition. You know, whether it's a free agent or an additional trade. I think the biggest issue I, I would personally have with that trade is I feel like DePoto has to have Stern's number blocked by now. Like, just with how um, Peralta and Narvaez just broke out, he's got to be just like, like if, if something comes with a four, from a 414, he's he's not answering. He's sending that straight to voicemail and blocking the number right away. <laughs> It's either blocked or it's automatically okay. What do you want now? All right, done. you want me to 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 send you your catcher back on the plane before it lands? I'll have that thing turn right around. Like done. <laughs> Nottingham, that's who it was this year. That yeah. was wild. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, don't, I, f- I felt like giving up pitching here because that's a big need for the Mariners. So you're giving up kind of you know a low end starter and Hauser who's really had a career year and a lot of people aren't talking about it. 
Um, the 30th ranked prospect, whose name I'm going to butcher again, Castaneda, uh, he needs to be pro- protected uh, by the rule five, dra- or he needs to be added to the 40-man roster to be protected from the rule five draft this year. So like now's a good chance to try and get rid of him. And Josh Lindblom's a, kind of a wild card and a flyer. Pitched well in AAA, uh, not so well in Major League last year. So why not? Yeah, I mean, and he Lindblom, ha- Lindblom uh, has, I believe, one year left at a $2.9 million salary going off of the three-year deal he signed prior to the 2020 season. I mean, I think on paper that definitely isn't a bad trade, I think, for either team. I mean, obviously, the Brewers would kind of be almost doubling down on more outfielders. So, you know, I think that kind of would have to predicate the assumption that Avi Garcia is gone. And then, again, you're relegating Tyrone Taylor to kind of be in the fourth outfielder. And JBJ is a defensive swap kind of guy. But like kind of a defensive sub late innings, but definitely not implausible. I mean, Hauser would probably have a sneaky good year again, just like he has one of the best slot like sinkers in the game. Like I, I, I like that trade. Perfect. I did something right. I didn't plug it into the trade machine at all, but I'm going to say <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, and obviously I'm not, enti- I'll be honest. I'm not entirely sure as to how that, like the trade values are calculated. I just see people post it on Twitter, so I was like, yeah, I'll. Because uh. yeah. you see anything you see on Twitter is definitely valid and uh, legitimate. <laughs> yep, any DMs you get, completely legitimate too. So yeah, especially if you <laughs> want to source anything to me, I'll uh, be very discreet in any um, you know, breaking news. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right, let's – do you got another one lined up? Let's hit one more. Uh, Yeah, I got a – this one is – like, if you thought the Olsen trade was out there, this one's a little – um. this one's a little tough. So the Brewer – so it's kind of almost a, a – be- like a rec- like a challenge trade, except instead of it being two young prospects, it's a former MVP. So the Brewers are bringing over – Cody Bellinger from the Los Angeles Dodgers. I, I see that. Hear me out, Tyler. Okay. So going back to L.A., Jackie Bradley Jr., Keston Hira, and Bryce Terang. So, you know, that's kind of a, you know, obviously Bellinger had his struggles this season. I mean, he was a shell of, like, gone are the days of the 2019 Yelly Belly race, which was really like unfortunate i mean he finished with an ops in the 600s he's looking for a bounce back year he's due for a big raise in arbitration uh, i believe he's projected at 16 and a half million and you know why not uh why not just take a take a flyer i mean he provides elite defense at first base in the outfield as well um obviously hero would be kind of a reclamation project and perhaps the Dodgers would have luck in kind of turning him around. And then obviously JBJ would also provide kind of a more defense for the Dodgers. I mean, he'd probably end up being their, what, I don't know, seventh, eighth outfielder just with how stacked they are. And then Terang, you know, obviously is the prospect. I mean, 
I'm blanking on top of my head as to who the Dodgers' top prospects are, but I know that Trey Turner is a free agent at the end of this season. Corey Seager is likely going to get a big contract somewhere else. And, you know, again, this is not me saying this trade is going to happen. I'm not, um, I don't have sources saying this is going to happen, but again, if you want to be a source, let me know. This is just me saying, oh, this would be cool. How could we make it work? <laughs> does uh does Gavin Lux play shortstop or is he mainly a second baseman? I can't remember what he was I coming mean, up. You know, if you're Dave Roberts, he's an outfielder, but yeah, he's a That's second true. baseman. <laughs> second, okay. Yeah, wasn't quite sure what they had there in shortstop, and you now the Dodgers are they always have those that sneaky depth in their in their minor league system. They'll bring someone up who like isn't even their top thirty, and they become really good all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, I don't know. Trades with the Dodgers kind of scare me, and this one definitely scares me. <laughs> oh, geez. So as I was looking up uh, the stats on Bellinger, um, so let's say this trade happens, and I'm going to use baseball references 2020 projections for Cody Bellinger next year. This is what they say <laughs> he will hit next year. 239, 327, slug 460, uh, OPS a 787 with 21 homers and 59 RBIs. I don't know. Uh, the, <laughs> that doesn't sound too good to me for what we're giving up. Yeah, you know, obviously that's kind of hoping that he can, uh, you know, bounce back. I mean, you know, again, I'm this is not, like this is just me. Like I was having fun. I was I sat at my desk yesterday. I was like, huh. I'd love to see Bellinger on the Brewers. What can we do to make that happen? And, you know, I'll try this in the show. I guarantee you it's not going to happen because <laughs> actually I will, like, I'll be shocked. I, I could put it on the easiest trade difficulty and I guarantee you it would just be nope. <laughs> oh, man. I just can't believe, well, I guess I can't believe. Would you say Bellinger's projected salary is 16 mil? For 16 and a half, yeah. Well, because arbitration is very, it's a, okay, it's just a stupid system, like, it values stupid, okay, I'm using stupid a lot, it values stats that aren't necessarily indicative of the how the player performed, like, it values RBI, it values, I guess, the more traditional stats, like, it's a, it's a system that hasn't advanced, advanced to the kind of the newer analytical age. Like, it's, I mean, Josh Hader gets dinged every year because he doesn't have saves. It's a stupid system. And, but also, players can only get, can only take a 20% cut in arbitration. So, which I think is a fair, I mean, fair protect, fair protection for the players. So it's not like the Brave, I mean, not like the Dodgers can settle with Bellinger at a $8 million prove-it deal. Like, he'd have to get somewhere in in the double digits or else, you know, non-tendered, but which I don't think they do that, but I also think it's a non-zero chance that it could happen. Like I'm talking like 0.04%. Yeah. That's probably a fair way to put it. I mean, $16 million is like pocket change to the Dodgers. So they don't really care about that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, yeah, I mean, again, like, I just kind of was like, eh, that would be a fun player to have. So, 
Yeah, Yelly Belly together would be. I'm intrigued by it. They're friends off the field too, aren't they? Like, I feel like they might be two players who um, rely a lot on confidence in their performance. Because, like, man, when they were going back and forth, what was it, 2019, when they both were what MVP and then yeah. Yelly was runner up, like 47 homers, 115 RBIs by Bellinger that year. Uh, he was on top of the world, like. Maybe it just takes two guys who just like haven't quite been there to put their heads together and just all of a sudden they both go off. <laughs> yeah, or maybe like maybe Yelich just needs some of that uh some of whatever some of Bell whatever Bellinger's on in the dugout when he just looks <laughs> high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. As long as he doesn't uh, you know, come over here and start dislocating his shoulder again through a celebration so yeah that that would be optimal or suboptimal <laughs> yeah that is one weird thing about bellinger that i was thinking about this during the postseason that like obviously yelch has had his struggles but he hasn't come up with any big postseason moments and bellinger has he had that go-ahead homer what to put them in the world series last year i believe it was and then he had another one in the was it the NLDS this year? Mm-hmm. I think it was a game six. I don't remember what it was, but he had another big moment. And I was like, well, you know, at least he still finds a way to contribute in a good way. Um, you know, Yelich can still get on base in the postseason, but he's not bringing in any runs or coming up clutch for us. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, Bellinger is only 20, is only 26, which is crazy. I mean, he's been an established player for four uh, he won it in 2017. I mean, this is, you know, obviously that's what happens when you're a 21-year-old in there. I mean, he's, all, you know, he's a year older than Keston Hira, which is just crazy to me. But, yeah, I mean, Bellinger has found a way to like, – I, I don't know if he was a, post, um, a postseason hero for the Dodgers, but he definitely was a, a strong contributor to them. Yeah, I would agree. Even for, I mean, he was batting late or lower in the lineup, but still, that's, you know, kind of show, even though it wasn't as good, it's, you know, he's still a good, you have to respect his power in his game, you know, at, at that point, so. Yeah, I mean, he's a talent, like, you know, guys don't have, like, flash-in-the-pan seasons and become an MVP or win Rookie of the Year. Like, you obviously have skill in there to just kind of is going to come down to finding ways to, unlock it to to help the play to basically put the player in a position where they can reach their full potential i mean that's true with bellinger that's true with here that's true with yelich yeah so i mean maybe in this trade scenario a fresh start for everyone is really good bellinger gets the <laughs> go to the team jbj and here get fresh starts maybe it turns out to be a win for everyone they, yeah you know um <laughs> free i mean uh shoot who's the dodgers Baseball ops. Is it? Uh, it's Friedman. Uh, Andrew Friedman. Uh, um. Yep, you're right. Andrew yeah. Friedman. I mean, ah. look. You know, if he and Stearns wanna, you know, make something happen, you know, just provide them with a solid framework. <laughs> just like if uh, you know Billy Bean and David Stearns want to grab a beer and, you know, laugh at the fun times of how. They both rejected the Mets. Like you know, another thing. Actually, Bean's not. I don't think. Is he, I don't think he's with the Mets anymore. I mean, the A's anymore. I think he's in like into soccer now. 
Uh, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> but still, I'm sure that... Uh, um, okay, so he's still with the... He Okay, yeah, he's executive vice president, so... Uh, you know, I'm sure he still has some sway. Right, so, most certainly. you know, um, if those guys happen to meet at the winter meetings at the hotel bar, I just gave him a pretty solid conversation starter. <laughs> I need to go submit a job application at a at a bar down there somewhere. That way I can just listen to it and feed them alcoholic <laughs> beverages all night. <laughs> Hear them laugh, Stearns out, be like, yeah, this weird Josh kid sent us this proposal. <laughs> like... He believed that some guy thought this would have this would work. <laughs> oh Lord! Well, a couple of roofies later, and the deal will be official. Perfect. Oh, well, I'm gonna disavow <laughs> that. I do not condone that at all. I, uh, <laughs> not gonna. I'm just gonna disavow. <laughs> you didn't hear it here, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is a, a fun a fun podcast. Trades we wish would happen, and and kind of go over some impending free agents. So. Hopefully the offseason stays busy. You know, we'll, of course, be here whenever we got fun stuff to talk about, at least once a week. So make sure you're uh, hitting subscribe and sticking with us and following us on Twitter. We're at Bernie's Beer Dist. Uh, so you can find all our stuff there. But thanks for joining, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Have a good one. <laughs>